The Kingdom Rock Network is proud to present the ministry of Pastor Leon Armstrong of World Overcomers Ministries in Madison, Mississippi. Greetings, this is Leon Armstrong, the founding pastor of World Overcomers Ministries Church in the city of Madison, Mississippi. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Living Truth Broadcast. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us on the web at woministries.org. If you are visiting in the Jackson, Madison, Mississippi area, you are welcome always to be our guest. You can locate us at 444 Pebble Creek Drive, Madison, Mississippi. It is our prayer that you are richly blessed by the Word of God. Please receive now our word for today. Greetings. This is Leon Armstrong, the pastor of World Overcomers Ministries Church, and it is my delight to be with you here on another episode of The Living Truth. Uh, we want to talk about what it is when the Bible talks about he that overcomes what it is to be an overcomer. What is it that makes the overcomer special? So we find that it's just not a, 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 uh, enough uh, just to be a believer. God makes a distinction between those who believe and those who continue in the truth. In John 8, 31, 32, Jesus uh, approaches and says to them that believe, he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So Jesus makes a distinction between uh, those who believe and those who are disciples. Disciples are those who willingly press to give themselves to become like Christ, to be just like Christ. So we're not just... Uh, we're not just uh, satisfied with just believing. We are, in fact, hungry, thirsty, passionate, in pursuit of what it is to be uh, like Christ. This gives us a picture that when you look at the church world, there, is, uh, there are those who um, will inherit God. And so... When we see the term overcomer, you're actually looking at the New Testament version of those who will uh, distinctively stand out from the rest of the church. Not everyone in the church will inherit the full inheritance of who Jesus Christ is. And we'll talk about that. But this is the picture of overcoming, of what overcoming is all about. We also can add Deuteronomy 18, just to give you a, a dual witness. Verse 1 says, The priest and the Levites and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire and his inheritance. Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance. Says it very clearly. The Lord is their inheritance. He hath said unto them. All right. And, and so uh, this, again, gives us an, another witness that unto the tribe of Levi, that they have no part in the inheritance 
with what the others were inheriting, the land, number one, and all that they would do on the land, and all that they would produce on the land. But their inheritance was the Lord, okay? It, it, it's, it's, it's greater inheritance. It's a higher inheritance. But what makes the difference? And I think it, it still goes back to why God made that choice in that, again, when Moses raised the question on that infamous day when Israel was, had made themselves an image of another god, and they were all celebrating and worshiping this image. And when Moses raised the question, who is on the Lord's side? The zeal, the press, the passion to run to the Lord's side and stand with Moses was more demonstrated with Levi than with any other tribes. And in the, that visual demonstration, God then made the choice that Levi would be the ones who would have the responsibility of serving me, drawing near to me, and handling the holy instruments of the temple uh, more than anyone else. He gave that responsibility of them to them because of their zeal, because of their willingness to identify with who's on the Lord's side, me, I, I'm, I'm on the Lord's side. And, and, and they demonstrated uh, a, a passion to be with the Lord rather than to side with the others, all right? So that, that's going to be very key as to when we look at the church. Not everyone is passionate to know Jesus Christ. Not all believers in Jesus Christ know Jesus Christ. Most of the church world, I might add, does not know him because they're not in pursuit of his word. The church has a spiritual inheritance. The entire church, born in Jesus Christ, under the blood of Jesus, has a spiritual inheritance. Our inheritance is not the land. Our inheritance is Jesus Christ. We ought to win Christ, the scripture tells us. So who in the church will press, will identify with winning Jesus Christ? We'll seek after the fullness of Jesus Christ. And we have all kinds of of language uh, that, that uh, demonstrates what inheriting is all about. If we read in Revelation, let's just go to Revelation 21 and 7, because the overcomer is the one, is likened unto the Levites in the Old Testament. The overcomers are those in the New Testament that are the standouts from all the other believers in the church. Just like the Levi, uh, Levites were the standout among all of Israel, the church in the church, the overcomers are the standout from all other churchgoers, believers. Here it says in chapter 21, verse 7 of Revelation, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and I will be his God. You see, in other words, God's saying there's everything that God is and everything that God has comes from the overcomer inheriting God. That's what he's inheriting. What do you think it means when the Bible says that we are called to inherit the kingdom of God? Or it makes a distinction, they that live these other, you know, in these other passions, these other flesh passions, 
that guide them and control them versus the word guiding them and controlling them. He's talking to Christians and he says, know you not that they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And what that statement has is not saying they're not going to heaven. Going to heaven is a gift. But inheriting the kingdom of God means to inherit or to win God. So the church thinks that it's trying to win heaven by their much works. But to have that as a school of thought is a contradiction to receiving Jesus as Savior because Jesus, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and coming under the covering of his grace and his blood makes heaven your home as a free gift. You don't earn heaven. But your inheritance is a different thing. Your inheritance is something that you must go after. You must dedicate yourself to. You must give yourself to. You must consecrate yourself to. Sanctify yourself, yourself to it. Uh, you must press for it. All of these are in scripture. And so this is how you inherit God or inherit the kingdom of God. Or seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is all that saying is God is saying, I am your inheritance. God is saying, I am your inheritance. Come after me. Come to know me. Win me. Press after me. Seek after me. Run after me. This is what he says to the believer, but not all believers. In fact, most believers don't have that kind of press to come after him. Most believers think, if I just make it into heaven, I'm good. But there's a whole lot that we are omitting and that we are missing if we don't see that we are not just to believe and receive heaven, but we have an opportunity set before us to overcome. So that calls us into a, a, a whole, that's why it's called a race. We're running a race, not to get to heaven, we're running a race to inherit the kingdom of God. We're running a race to win God. God is the prize. Heaven is the gift. God is the prize. Heaven is the gift. God is the prize. Heaven is the gift that you receive for accepting Christ. But you run the race to win God. Those that will rule and reign with God are those who have been running the race to win God. Those who are not running the race because they're not in the word, they're not trying to know the truth, they're settled into their doctrines, they've settled into their man-made uh, forms and religious forms, uh, they are settled into their church routine and protocol, there is no real seeking to know God. So overcoming has to do with us getting in the word, knowing the truth. Jesus says, listen, come, if you're going to come after me, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me learn of me so anytime i take time to getting the word and learn about what jesus provided for me that's how i learn jesus that's how i overcome that's how i inherit through the word paul said in acts 20 verse 32 he says i commend you to god and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. He commends us to God in that statement. 
And he says he commends us to the word of his grace. All of the knowledge of grace that's in the New Testament, all of that knowledge of grace through Jesus Christ and his blood and what Jesus did for us to forgive us, to destroy our sins. He took away, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Hey, he took away what sin? What's, what, what, how much of the sin of the world did Jesus take away? Where did he take it to? What did he do with the sin when he got there? See, when you start investigating what Jesus did with all the sins of the world, you're looking at the grace of God. When you start looking at the blood and what was done with the blood of Jesus, you're studying the word concerning the grace of God. Everything that Jesus did to make heaven accessible to you and to not only make heaven to where you can get into heaven, but made it to where you have access to win God, that is an amazing, an amazing grace to, to go after God. Not just heaven, but to go after God. That's the prize. That's the inheritance. And so there's so many scriptures that make that distinction between uh, uh, many brethren. The scripture says, listen, in Romans 8, 28 and 29, and for we know all things work together for them that love God. Watch this, that love God. There's a difference between being in love with God and just someone who appreciates God or likes God or, or loves the ideal of God. But those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. And then in the very next verse, he tells us what his purpose is. He says, for whom he foreknew, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus was the firstborn out of all the brethren in the church. So the church are brethren. The church are a conglomerate of brethren. All the churches, all the believers are conglomerate of brethren. But out of the conglomerate of brethren, there is a height of spiritual maturity that Christ has already stood in, already stands in. He is in the firstborn order. Anyone out of all of the brethren who pursue the knowledge of Jesus Christ, they are pursuing the knowledge of the firstborn. And when they get full of the knowledge of the firstborn, then they they actually join Jesus in the firstborn order. The firstborn always gets the double portion. They get the full inheritance of the Father. And so when we give ourselves to grow up and to overcome, you overcome through the truth, through the word, through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the more you pursue it and your life is transformed by it, you're actually growing up into who Jesus is. This is how you win Christ. And when we, 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 the Bible calls that, that's how we strive. We're striving to overcome. Overcomers inherit God. The more I strive to overcome me, my self-ambition or my lust or my human or manly tendencies, or any love I may have for the world or the things of the world. We all love something in the world. We all love things in the world. But I'm striving to overcome that. To strive means to struggle. It means to enter a contest. It means to contend for a prize, uh, for championship. You know, the NBA finals are on, and you see the, 
the Spurs battling the Heat, and they're going uh, toe-to-toe. They're switching off victory for victory. One wins the first one, the, the next team wins the second one, the next team wins the third one, and they, and they keep going back. There, no one has won two games in a row, and it's a contest. It's a struggle. It's a battle to win the championship. And so it is for those of us who are believers in Christ, we have to see that this life on earth is a contest. It is a contending. It is faith. It is building faith. It is believing the word. It is learning the word. It is having my mind renewed to think like Christ, to speak like Christ, uh, to go against the darkness that's in this world, the darkness and the demonic forces and all the things that would contradict what God promises in his word, I must find out what the word says and go against those forces. It's a struggle. We wrestle not against uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, mights, dominions. It is a wrestling match. It is a contending. It is a running of a race. We are contending for a prize. This is why Paul said, I've learned to jettison and let go all of my flesh accomplishments, all the things I was prideful of and and being a Benjamite and being under the law and being a Pharisee. He says, all of those fleshly accomplishments I count as dung, that I may win, that I may have the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And he says this, that I may win Christ. He spoke of Christ as the prize. Not only are we born again and in him we live. I'm in Christ through birth. If you're a believer, you are in Christ through birth. But now that I'm in Christ, in him I live and move and have my being. I'm in him and and we're seated in heavenly places with him. But now my life is a contending to win Christ. And I win Christ by getting full of the teachings, the words, the truth, that is in Christ. And see, that's what produces the overcomer. The overcomer is twofold in its meaning. It's the first part of overcoming is to be born an overcomer. So when we were born again in Christ, we became an overcomer by birth. We're put in the overcomer's position, as it were. But then birth alone does not define the overcomer. It must be birth and then maturity, growth and maturity. So just like a baby born in someone's home or family, that baby now must give itself or yield to all the things that's growing that baby. The baby must grow and mature to become a full, functioning, developing, developed adult. And so, so it is in the spirit with Christ, we're not just called to be born and go to heaven, but we're called to uh, be born. We're born in the position of an overcomer. But now that we're born, we must uh, grow and mature as an overcomer. So every day becomes a contest to take the word of God, to believe it, to get it in my heart, to speak it out of my mouth. That's why he says, you know, when he says, you know, those who speak to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith. He shall have what he said. See, that's that's a person who has grown up to be an overcomer. They they now use the word of God to speak against the situations that they're dealing with. They're not handling life with their human strength and human remedies. They have come to realize and grow in the understanding that things are overcome by 
the words of Jesus, where Jesus says, in the world, you shall have tribulation. Then he says this too, be of good cheer, I have already overcome the world. So that's part of our victory. Victory, our victory is our faith to overcome. Our victory is our faith. We ought to have faith in the Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith because he has already started this thing. He's already overcome the world. He's overcome the flesh. He's overcome sin. He's overcome the devil. He's already overcome all of our things, all the problems and all the things that will work against us. And we're simply following in his footsteps to do the things that he's given us to do in his word. And as we exercise those things, we become mature. We don't remain those who are on a steady diet of milk as babes, but we learn how to take the strong meat and to exercise it, to use it. For those that are using strong meat belong to those who are full age, who by reason of use exercise their senses, learning how to discern between that which is good and that which is uh, evil. That has a, that's a growing up process that, that we learn. And so the overcomer inherits God, inherits the fullness of Christ, as you see in Ephesians chapter 3 and chapter, um, chapter 4. It tells us to comprehend with all the saints. This is Ephesians 3, 18, that we would comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth. That, that's going in every direction. It means the, the full orb, uh, the, the, the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Goes over in chapter 4 that he gave the fivefold ministry. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, that's maturing, maturing, perfecting is maturing, to bring you to completion, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until something happens, till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect or mature man, unto the, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's an overcomer. He has grown up into the fullness of Christ. And so we are called to overcome as overcomers, not just to be born into the full person of Christ. And you can only do that by the word. You can only do that by the truth that's in this word. There is a truth that is in this word that only the spirit will open up to you and reveal to you in your pursuit. You cannot be lazy. You cannot be a Christian who loves their self-comfort and loves their convenience. Um, the words like zeal, to have Jesus said to the Laodicean church who was lukewarm, he says, repent. He says, I want you to be zealous. I want you to be zealous and repent. I want you to have zeal. Be zealous. Uh, that means to be burning hot. Be passionate. Something has been opened to you to enter into, not just heaven. Heaven is not the only thing that has been opened to you. What's been opened unto all of us is to be able to enter into God himself, is to be full of God, to be full of Jesus, to be conformed to his image, uh, to become just like Jesus. 
there's something that is open that only comes to when we recognize that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and the time we have now is not promised, but the time that we do have, it ought to be full of passion on boiling hot, passionate heat. I got to enter into this while I have a chance. I got to win this race. I am in a contest. That's what this life is about. I'm not trying to win a million dollars. I'm not trying to win an NBA ring. I'm not trying to win a Super Bowl. Those are all man uh, trophies. I am trying to win Jesus Christ. That is the victory of all victories. And we, God, Jesus is saying to the lukewarm attitude of people who just are careless and unconcerned, who really just love their church routines, but they have no passion for him. They don't, they're not seeking to know him because their hearts are in love with someone else. Their hearts are in love with the world, with their television programs, with going to the mall, with hanging out at Walmart, wherever. Our hearts are so anchored to other things that it's like a husband who has laid out everything for his wife to be his wife, but she is unfaithful because she wants to be here, be there, be with this person, be with this lover, and then come home whenever it's convenient for her. And that's the attitude, unfortunately, of a lot of Christians. We kind of give God our last, our leftovers. We don't have a sense of faithfulness. This is why Jesus was so zealous concerning his house when he went into the temple and he was kicking over tables and he was uh, throwing out the money changes. It's because Jesus was zealous over his house. His house was now being used for a worldly purpose of marketing and merchandising. The men of that house who were supposed to be the stewards of that house had unfaithfulness in their hearts to make money and love money more than they loved God. And Jesus came in with a burning passion saying the zeal of my heart or for my house has taken over. I can't allow this unfaithfulness to go on in this house. This house is not a place for den of thieves. It is a house of prayer for all nations. And God, through Paul, says this. He says in, I think it's 2 Corinthians, uh, I can't remember, I think 11, verse 1, 2, where he says, I have espoused you to one husband, even Christ. And he says, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy because I have espoused you to one husband, even Christ, to bring you to him. But a lot of times our, the church's desire to be here, to be there, do this, got to have this, so earthly and so worldly. We have failed to look up and seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God, to let our affections be set upon him, but our affections are more set on things in the earth, and we display unfaithfulness to him. The overcomer has learned to pull away from the things of this world and this earth, where perhaps the overcomer used to be in love with this world or the things of this world, or thought it would be more uh, more of, of being part of, of, of this or that or whatever my plans or whatever my self-ambitions uh, were. But now I have been uh, severed from those things and Christ is my passion, my number one. 
I want to win him more than anything else in this world. That's the passion. That's what makes an overcomer an overcomer in the fullest sense is when there is a passion, a zeal, a heat, a fire that burns that says, I must be with him. I must win him above everything else. So I pray that this was uh, something that you can chew on. It's a blessing for you. Take whatever part uh, speaks to you. But know this, these are the days where overcomers are going to be made manifest. We will see shortly who really loves God and who really are just those who are flirting with God and have just Thank God for saving me, but not really trying to be married to God, because there's a difference between being saved and being married. So I pray that this is a word for you that would challenge you, that would make you reflect, cause you to chew on something and say, God, I want to draw near to you. I want to win you. You are my prize. You are my championship. You're my Super Bowl. I want to win you. And let my life, whatever struggles I may have, Give me the grace and the strength and the courage to press toward the mark of the prize of the high call that is in Christ, that I may win Christ out of everything else. And I know in the long run, I will be with you, reign with you, rule with you. I will share in all your bounty, all of your riches, all of your glory. I want to be there for an eternity in all that you are willing to bless me with, especially being with you. God bless you. Thank you for being here to watch another episode of The Living Truth.